Good morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Cho Show Podcast presented by TheSwaffReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. G.G. Smooth. Uh, we, 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 again, we, we, we don't hold anything. We don't hold any punches over here on the Cho Show. You could look at what happened Saturday Richardson Stadium in one of two ways. Well, you can look at it in multiple ways, and I feel like every way you look at it, you would be would 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 be correct. Okay, now we came on here last week. I said I really hope that we're not going to have a repeat the same song. Or we do good in the first half, right? Then just do nothing at all in the second half. Uh, we got the opposite, which I don't know if you consider that progress. The fact that at least against Missouri Western, you was able to figure it out in the second half, uh, which I feel like is the half you want to have it figured out. But then the first half was was by far the worst of the season. And if you look at that first half, it mainly was, it could have been far worse. Let's be honest here. It could have been far, far, far worse. As a matter of fact, I asked uh, a man, Gerald, uh, if you see him on, on the on the field, great A photographer. I asked Gerald. He went down the field pregame. I did not. I'm still getting over it. I just got knocked out over a sinus infection. I'm not trying to get another one. The ragweed was very, 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 very bad according to the Weather Channel uh, allergy allergy report. So I felt it best to stay up up in the up in the press box on pregame. That's why you did not see me down there. I asked Gerald, I said, were the guys fired up? And he said somewhat. So I asked, was it as, were they as, did they seem as ready to go as they did against Kearney? He said, no. I said, right then and there, we're not winning this football game. And and what 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 we saw in the first half, it confirmed my statement because they came out very sluggish. Okay, off offensively was probably the worst offensive half of football we've seen since Pitt State, right? And and, and let's let's be honest here. I fully thought. After what we saw for one and three fourth quarters of football, we were headed for a Pitt State esque beatdown where we only score in the winning moments of the game after Missouri Western puts in the backups. Okay, that's what I thought. I thought in the first half, offensively, we we were thoroughly outcoached. We we just got to call it what it is. We got we got to call it what it is. We were outcoached. We're trying to run the ball, but clearly they had a stacked box, and we clearly needed to pass the ball to open up the running lanes, which is what we did in the second half to to great success. Right, like uh, you know, I I get it. I get we want to run the ball. I get we have probably one of the best backs in the conference, and Trayvon Wolford. I truly, I truly understand that, but we also have to understand teams are going to force us. To pass the ball, and we and we we and I felt like we we did that in the second half. But we got we were I felt like we were thoroughly outcoached offensively in the in the in the first half. I felt like our defense 
even though they are they allowed twenty points, they still held two field goals. They should. It it could have been a twenty eight to three game, okay, and, and, and or twenty eight to nothing at one point. So you have to give the defense credit on that on that front there again, keeping Yusho in the football game. As a matter of fact, if we look offensively in the first quarter, UCO had a whopping one first down. One first down, a measly 22 yards passing, and negative two yards rushing on six carries for a whopping total of 20 yards on nine plays. Like, again, we, what, what are we doing? Like you can't, we can't go a full quarter of football and have one first down, right? We just can't. I, Northeastern State could do better than that, okay? We like we can't, we cannot do that. We have to get that fixed. Uh, I I feel like I'm I'm sounding somewhat like a broken record, right? Because I keep saying we have to get that fixed, but we literally have to get that fixed. Like we can't. We, if Here's the thing, here's the thing. Because we're playing a very good Emporia State team. They got a shutout win over our dear friends, Northeastern North State. Probably to the surprise of nobody, okay? That's a very good football team. We know they beat Northwest Missouri on the road by 20 points. All right, I'm telling you right now, if we come out next week and turn in one first down in the first quarter, it's going to be a whole lot worse than three to nothing, okay? So we... We have got, we've got to get offensively, get that, get that fixed. I know they made some offensive line changes. Uh, Kellen Culberson started at center. They moved Lane to right guard. He replaced uh, Cayman Bradford. That did not last too, too long. They ended up moving Lane back to center and put Cayman back in there at right guard. I, we, again, we just, we got to get that fixed. Like, it's, it's just, it is what it is at this point in time. Then you look. At the half, you still had a whopping four first downs, uh, only 21 yards rushing, only 139 yards on 21 plays, going one of five on third down. Like this, that's just not that's not winning football. Like that, no, nothing we saw in the first half offensively was winning football. Even the scoring drop, it should have been a touchdown. There was two touchdowns on the board. That The first one is unfortunate. I felt bad for Terrell Davis. Thought he finally found the end zone. He was close a few times last year. It was called back. There was a hole on, on, on lane, right? Then Steph, he should have had a touchdown run. Peyton Scott, loved the guy to death, whiffed on the block so bad. He ran just whiffed extremely badly there. Right, it costs a touchdown. They end up having to settle for for a for a field goal. We get that touchdown before the half. UCO wins this football game, okay? Because it, it was it was <laughs> UCO wins this football game. It was a three point loss. If you get the touchdown, Missouri Western would have had the uh, yeah, yeah that, right. So like it it would have been it would have been a win, okay? Now you have to give the team credit because. They could have folded. They, they they could have said, well, we down 20 to 3. This is going exactly how it went against Pitt State last year. And they, they could have they could have folded the 10. I give the guys in the locker room credit because they came out in the second half 
and they played the way we know they can play. And what happened? They came back and took the lead. It was early. It was early, similar to the 2019 season opener against Penn State, where UCLA found themselves down by three or four scores at the half, came back, took the lead late, and then Pitt State ended up winning on a field goal. Okay, so it is like the exact same scenario. But I give them credit because they fought, all right? I thought from a from a schematic standpoint, offensively, they made significant changes. I actually came out the gate. We 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 pushed the ball down the down the field. We opened up the pass game, right? Like good things, good things happened. Uh, we had 17 first downs in the second half alone. Like I do again. We I we have to open. I feel like we have to open up the offense. Like I just I really feel like we have to open up the the offense. Right? It was it was a great day for Jacob Dell. So his second hundred yard day. I, I I was glad for the man because I know he's had a very slow start to the to the to the season. Right? Uh, Trill Davis another fantastic game. Uh, Christian Romero a very solid game. Right? Trevon Wolf another hundred yard multi-score game, right? Like, when we open things up, we see the weapons that we have, okay? I, I, I just, we have to do that for four quarters. And I think, I, I think that's the frustrating part here is because now we know that the team can play in the first half. We now know they can play in the second half. It's how do we put it together and play for both halves? Like that. If if you still can figure that out, you still can be a very dangerous football team. I know I say this every week, but like this is the case. And, and post game, I was good. I was I had no intention of talking to anybody post game. I went down there because I was like, you know what? I want to see the reaction on the faces of the guys. I want to see is this loss, is this outcome bothering them, or are are they are they free spirited? Whatever. I'm telling you last year after that Pitt State game, I saw some guys didn't have a care in the world, and that really irked me because how can you get ran on on homecoming to that degree on your home field and not be bothered by that? That really, that really irked me. I really questioned some of the some of the guys' mindset there. Okay, so I wanted to see if that was the case again this year. Fortunately, it was not. I saw guys were really bothered by that. A lot of the leaders were really bothered by that. I, I really saw it. It it was you could it, you you could visibly see the 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 emotion in the guy's face. That to me is a very good sign. It's telling me that guys care. That's telling me guys know it. They let one slip away. Okay, and and I and like I said on my post game comment, the best thing that these guys can do to move forward. Okay, is to continue to fight. But what we don't want to have happen here is we don't want to say, well, we're in a one and two start right now. And, and, you know, let's be honest here. At, the, at, the, at this point, you probably have to run the table if we want playoffs, right? Like, it'd be very easy at this point for guys to throw in the tap. Okay, and, and I feel like that would be a travesty if that was the case. So I just implore the guys and there's there's some guys that that reached out to me already. I that I appreciate. Just stay the course. 
Okay, because it, there's a lot of football left to be played. There's still what seven games left. A lot can happen. Okay, like a lot can happen. Um, but I just don't want the guys to quit on each other, right? Like you, like you've worked so hard, right? When we when we talk to guys in the in the in the spring and fall camp, you didn't go through that experience. They just throw in the towel after three games, right? And, and, and here's the thing: like, I get if you don't, if if you just play for each other, just play for the man next to you. If nothing else, play for the man you're grinding with day in and day out. Play for that man. I'm telling you, it, you they're, they're close. I really feel like this team is close to putting it together. I would love nothing more for that to happen against Emporia, where where they come out there, they come out the gates like we did against Kearney, like we did against Central Missouri, and then we come out in the second half like we did yesterday, and we get four full quarters of football, and we go up there to Emporia, okay, and we shut the conference. Because I'm pretty sure right now, okay, the scouting report is probably going to say, you know, UCO is going to give you one half of football. So if you can just withstand that one half, you will coast to a to a win. Now I guarantee you that is the scouting report, which is unfortunate because to me the talent level, the the the, the talent level is better than what we're seeing on the field. And to me, that's truly unfortunate because I thought the mindset was different. And I said this in the press box. I said I don't. If it, it, it feels like, and this was prior to the to the to the second half, I said it feels like every time we get hit in the mouth, like literally get hit in the mouth, we 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 don't respond that we fold. And so I was glad to see guys have fight in the second half. They had pride in the second half to say, uh, you know. The first, that's not the West, not UCL football. And they came out in the second half and they fought and they took the lead and they gave them a chance to win the football game. Now, obviously, they came up, they came up short. Okay. Uh, it, it is unfortunate the, the, the final sequence, okay, of the, of the game, right? Because you had a chance to get the win. Missouri Western had one timeout left, it was fourth and 10. Let him get 11 yards. I think Kyshawn Murray got beat. I just, again, like you have to, if it's fourth and 10, you have to make the stop. Like there, I, I, there's no reason why that's not the case. You had the crowd in the game. The band did a fantastic job the whole game, right? You have momentum. You cannot let the receiver cross your face, get the first down. Okay. Now, if you, if you do that and it's and it's and it's a, it's a nine yard gain, nine and a half yard gain, nine and a, nine and a three fourth yard gain, that's probably fine. But not a ten or eleven yard gain. Okay, that gave them momentum, right? Then we had a, a roughing the passer call on Noah. Okay, it, it is unfortunate. We know where we are in the day and age of, call, of, of football in general. Okay, I felt like. No, what he what what I think what got him is the fact that he, he that I think felt like he went high and then I felt like he drove him in, into the ground and you can't drive a man 
into the into the ground, unfortunately. Right. Okay. So that also aided them in gaining touchdown. Then, you know, UCO again had about what? About a minute and a half. Okay. They had one time out left, I believe it was. You only needed a field goal. Okay, you, you only needed a field goal. I think Nikki's career long was like 45. Okay. Uh, and it is unfortunate the way the game ended. We got a few first downs. Then I know Steph was intercepted on a deep shot to Christian Romero. I'm telling you, I saw Romero break open. Okay, I did. He got he got a step. What the problem was, it was going to have to be it, the ball would have had to been thrown right on the money, and the ball was not thrown on the money. I felt like the ball was thrown late, and then it also hung in the air a tad bit too long. Allowed the safety to get over the top, and then they was able to make the interception. I I know I know just knowing Steph, okay, I I know it probably was eating the man, the man man a lot. I I like like I like I said, we we got to flush that, okay? Like yeah, yes, we, we probably in hindsight you shouldn't have thrown the ball. You had plenty of time, okay? But we still we need. We need we have to put that behind us or take that and use it as fuel for the next game to come out and make better decisions. Okay. I just don't want that to linger in the man's head. But we saw that he got I think it was an ankle, came back, finished the a scoring drive that gave us the lead. But you have to give a shout out too to Dawson Hurl as well. Came off the bench cold through two really big time passes there, uh, to to make it a fourth and 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 and, and one. So you have to give me a shout out there to, to Dawson Hurl too. Um, you, you know we just don't want we we don't want the disappointment of this loss to carry over, and that is my fear. I don't want come out against Emporia. And we we still we still not mentally pass the game. I feel like the best way to mentally get past the game is to take whatever anger, what whatever sadness, disappointment to have, okay, and beat it into important. That is the best way they can move on from this loss. All right. It's a very daunting task, as we'll see when we get into the to the uh numbers. They employ a very good football team. I, it it just it just it it was a tough loss. We we just we, we call it what it is. It was a very a very tough loss. I felt like we learned a lot about the team though in the loss, and it's just it, it, and I, I feel more confident now in the stretch of games, right? Because we have Emporia. Yeah, Missouri Southern for homecoming. And by the way, Missouri Southern sports alert went on the road and beat Kearney. Okay, that that is a very good Missouri Southern team. That uh, we got to bring our our A game there, right? And then you go to Northwest Missouri. All right, so we need what we saw in the second half for four for four quarters. It is is at the end of the day, it's just that 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 simple. Uh, and I just hope the guys continue to fight, continue to play. Again, if nothing else, play for each other, okay? Like, play for each other because there's still too much to play for to 
to to to give up, right? I always tell people control what you can control, right? Okay, like we might not all agree with right the the play calls. Okay, right? We 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 might, we might not all agree about the rotation. We might not all agree about who's starting, who's not starting, whatever it may be. Okay, I, right? I I'm with you as well. Okay, but we can't what 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 the guys on the field can can control that is the effort and f- fighting for each other and making the best out of the situation. That's what they can control. Every time I talk to the guys after the after yesterday, I try to reiterate that fact to continue to fight, to continue to play for each other. But at the same time, from a coaching schematic standpoint, we have to put the guys in a better position to win games. We're not doing that offensively for four quarters. Defensively, I feel like we're not doing that from a coverage standpoint because I we play zone, yet we're three weeks and the zone is still just as bad as it was at week one. There's still guys wobbling in the zone. There's spider pass rush, right? Like, what, there's things we have to mix it up. I don't know if... If we're in zone because we feel like our corners are so bad that we can't play man, which is a very bad sign because I thought the secondary was supposed to be better. Okay, so like there's things I feel like we have to look at from a schematic standpoint that need to be fixed. Okay, like I feel like we have to find better ways to get Noah West involved in in, in the path. Some of the guy here, granted he had Mike and Rob helping him up front. But it's not as if the 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 D line is talentless. I mean, Reed Lindsay has looked really good. Okay, Johnny Wilson has also looked really good. Uh, I mean, like it's not like there's zero talent. I mean, Hunter and Zane have been on have been on a tear, right? So like we gotta find ways to get Noah West. I'm gonna move him around, do something right, get him more involved because he's too good of a player to not be utilized properly, okay? Like, I feel like there's some things from that standpoint that we need to fix, and we need to fix quick because what we're doing in that regard is also not winning football, right? Like, we get one pass play, and then we come out and hand it off, but the box is still stacked. Like, are we not looking at the coverage? Like, you know what I mean? It's things like that that, to me, is also how you can lose a team because you're gonna say, "Why am I trying if with the play? If I can look at what we're saying up front and hear this play call and see it's not going to work, why would I then get maximum effort?" So I feel like it works both ways. Like there has to be a come to Jesus meeting here or something where we get on the same page, where we we tinker the scheme, we tinker the the the, the play calling to what we know will work, okay? I feel like right now we're trying to fit, what is it, former head coach Dibobek said, we're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, okay? And you're supposed to fit a round peg in a round hole, okay? You're supposed to, I always believe that the, the, the most successful teams adjust the scheme to fit the talent and not vice versa. And I feel like, at parts at games where we're trying to do that and it's not working. So I just I really hope 
we can get on the same page for four quarters, okay? Because I de- I think that's the biggest takeaway post post game, especially from the coaches that I talked to. It, it just was we've got to find a way to put it together for four quarters. And I think that's the frustrating part, and that's the part that I'm scared is going to lose guys if they can't put that together sooner rather than later. So I, all they can do, put their heads down, learn from this, continue to work, come out next week against Emporia and just put their best foot forward and and, and, and play hard for four quarters and, and see see what happens. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the recap here. UCL would win the coin toss. They would defer as normal. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, Kellen Culberson got the got the starting job at center lane at right at right guard. Uh, Carson Murray was also the starting corner with J.K. Moore, and Madison Ridgeway made his season debut. I was very glad for Madison. Don't believe he he had a catch, but uh, he was out there. As you know, I'm very high on Madison. Just we just hope the man stays healthy. That I feel like is the biggest knock on the on the uh, on the man. So Missouri Western would take the opening drive and get a field goal after they missed a touchdown pass in the corner of the end zone. I'm not gonna lie, Kobe got absolutely cooked. Uh, it was just a bad pass. The quarterback floated it too far, and uh, they had to settle for the for the field goal. We get a three nothing at the ten forty five mark. That's another thing too. I Felt like Kobe again. It's probably his worst two game stretch I've seen. I don't know if this safety move is working out. It must also be noted too, okay, that I, I the loss of Dylan Buckhide I think is felt more than just the man makes a bunch of tackles, right? Like you're you're kind of seeing the importance of what Dylan does here, okay? Because I'm I'm also wondering if some of these coverage issues. It is is it because is it, is it because we don't have somebody like Dylan back there? Maybe maybe identifying it, getting guys lined up. I'm not sure, but like we, you can you can you can tell a difference with Dylan not being out there. And I don't know how bad the injury is. I haven't got any 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 info on that. I know he hasn't been redshirted yet, so he could always get a medical redshirt. Uh, but I, I think that's also causing some of the roles because you just it, it's very hard to replace a player like Dylan from a from an IQ standpoint and a production standpoint. Uh UCL would what would, would, would punt the ball uh after they got the only first down of the of the quarter. They were set on first down following the first down and then had to punt the punt the ball. Uh, however, UCL defense would get would get a stop after three strong pass rushes. Uh, then, however, UCL would then go three and out after a false start, and then Christian Romero's catch filled a yard short of the first down marker that would end the first quarter. With Missouri Western up three to nothing. However, Missouri Western would cap off a strong drive they started at the end of the first quarter. Uh, with a touchdown run, two plays into the second quarter, making it ten nothing at the fourteen eleven mark. UCL's offense will finally have some kind of life here. They had a big pass to Jacob Delso, however, they was not able to capitalize on that. 
had to punt the ball. However, David Vargas, again, I say this every week. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it until the cows come home. I don't know what Swan Shoe did to fumble the bag, but I greatly appreciate it. Penn Missouri Western down at the 15. Uh, he had a few really good punts today. Uh, I, I gotta, I gotta, judge I, gotta I gotta get David on on on, on here at some point because he's too little of a punter to 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 to, to not. Uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get him on the podcast at some point. Um, so yeah, did Penn Missouri Western at the 15. It must be noted, okay, there was some defensive changes. You recall I said last week. In the secondary, I said at this point we gotta we gotta consider just throwing guys back there. We saw the debut, to my knowledge, on defense of a uh, highly highly regarded true freshman Cameron Matt, uh, Matt Manahan, the three star out of Lubbock, Texas, who had the SEC offer. Uh, he checked in on defense as did Jalik. He took Kobe Stevens' place. They would rotate those 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 guys as well as Amante, Kaishan, and JK. They would all rotate um, as well. I gotta say, I was very impressed on that series by Cam. He locked his man down. I'm telling you right now, listen, we have to consider. You have to strongly consider if we coach McGuire, if we coach Neil back there. We gotta, we've gotta consider giving the man a lot more snaps. I mean, a lot more snaps, uh, because I just at at this at this point, here's the at at this point, right? I I again, Kaishan, I love the man. He he's a he's a supporter of the podcast. I really appreciate that. But we gotta just uh, we we can't he can't we can't we can't be he can't be getting picked on and and we're, we're just not. I, I, Amante looked better. I'll, I'll give him that. He did look better, right? But it's just been a rough stretch for Kyshawn. I feel at some point you got to consider making the chance, whether it be uh, Manahan, whether it be Jamori. I don't know. We, 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 we've just got to get that, get that fixed there back there. Um, However, the, the, the uh, defense will hold Missouri Western to the field goal on that drive at Noah West sat on first down. They sent a delayed blitz. He came through the gap and got the sack. However, it must be noted on that on that drive that Missouri Western nearly converted a first and 25 on one play. They did a quarterback run, got them a yard short. They didn't get the first down on the next play. And then after the Northwest sack, they still nearly got another like 25-yard first down on a third down screen pass. Uh, but thankfully, like I said, they was able to get the field goal, um, making it 13 to nothing at the 426 mark. Then on the following series, Steph would be intercepted. Now, that, it, it it's considered an interception. I to basic basically what happened. I don't know if you remember the old uh, Tim Tebow era Florida <clears throat> when they did that little pop pass thing uh, for for whatever reason. And again, this is when I go back to question the play call. You're 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 inside your own like inside the twenty five. I feel like, and you're going to try a pop pass 
it was doomed from the start. It was doomed from the start. Missouri Western got too much penetration. Pretty much the, uh, the defender took the ball basically out of Steph's hands. Um, but I, 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 they called it. They called it a pick. Regardless, it was a turnover in plus territory at the usual eleven yard line. I, again, why are we? Why are you calling that play there? Like, what? What are we hoping to gain? Who are we hoping to fool on a pop pass inside our own twenty yard line? Right? Like, it's things like that you have to. That it is. I have great respect for Coach Doyle. Truly do. He's a great coach. He's a national championship winning, winning, winning coach. Right. I try not to question too much, but like, it, I know he's the play caller. So in times like that, it, like what I just would like to know what is the thought process there. Like, there's, there's there's some calls that kind of baffle me that shouldn't be baffling. Like there there this shouldn't it shouldn't be a thing. You, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. So. Then three three plays later, Missouri Western would capitalize, get a touchdown run, making it twenty to nothing at the two minute mark. Now, however, this is where the turnaround offensively started. You still would have, like I mentioned before, uh, a very solid drive. They drove down. I mentioned they had the Terrell Davis touchdown callback for a hold, then the Steph touchdown run that was thwarted by a Miss Payne Scott block. Would end in a Covado field goal with the 16 seconds left to go in the half. And at 20 to 3 at the half. So again, right, like it was glad they got the score. They needed the score. They had some momentum. It just was given what we've seen in the second half, right? Like you were you we knew they had the score coming out of love. Like it was brutally apparent. If they wanted any shot in this football game, UCO had the score coming out of the locker room. Something they haven't done offensively since I think Chris Brannick said like since since uh was it like like late October or in early November last year? So we needed something that had not been done in quite some time. And I give the team credit. They came out, uh, Missouri Western kicked, kicked off out of bounds. They did use a short field. They capitalized. Jacob Delso had a big catch, and then a Trayvon Wolf for a touchdown run. They did 20 to 10 at the 12.58 mark. The defense fired up by that stop. Get a quick three and out after a TFL on third down. Um, you, uh, the punt would only go to the UCO 42-yard line. Offense would take advantage again after some big runs by Trayvon Wolfolk led to a staff touchdown run in a 20-17 at the 741 mark. So again, it's very good the offense was able to take advantage of the short field. And I will give them credit on this so far this season. I believe the vast majority of short fields has ended in some kind of score. That was not the case last year, so I do have to give the offense credit on that on that on that front there. However, Missouri Western would finally respond with a touchdown. They had a fifty uh, a fifty plus yard yard run to set to set up said touchdown in the twenty seven to seventeen at the five twenty three mark. I thought this is probably the worst game we've seen out of the defensive line in terms 
of 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 getting washed down and not shilling the edge. Okay, Missouri Western got to the outside far too much. Uh, I don't know if we were crashing down too quickly. I I I don't know. I know on the option keeper, everybody crashed down. Like we, it it just. I don't know if it was just a lack of discipline there or 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 what. That was by far the worst run defense in terms of of allowing somebody to get to the perimeter that we've seen this season consistently. I thought they did a good job plugging up the the middle, but it was the outside runs. We got to get that fixed uh, because I, that's that's going to be a problem. Because then then when we're, 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 we're relying on linebackers trying to get their defensive backs, so we got to get that uh, fixed. Uh, the UCO would go three out out of the necessary roughness call on Cooper McCoy. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so. <laughs> It was it was bladed, okay. It it was it was bladed. They were trying to push Trayvon forward. I Cooper, I don't. Man, like launched himself and destroyed. I don't know if it was a linebacker or a defensive back, but it was so. It was. It was I'm not laughing because it was so bad and so blatant that like. He just flew into the picture, and you just saw 51 come flying in and a defender go flying out of frame. Like, they, they had they had to call it. Uh, yeah, because that would push Yushio to half a distance. Then they were set on second down, and then they got off, barely got off a screen pass on third. Yushio uh, would, would have to punt, however, uh, Missouri Western returned the punt to the 34-yard line. That would end the quarter at that point with a 20-17 Missouri Southern lead. Right? Am I, am I saying it? Yeah. So, Missouri Western would open up the fourth quarter. Okay? It would, this has to be the first blocked field goal since, I think, I think KK did it back in 2018 against Missouri Western. It was it was a it was the game winning kick too against Missouri Western on the, on the road in St. Joseph. I think it was like a like a like a like a, like a 45 50 yard kick for their win. He blocked the kick. I remember watching that vividly, being happy as day because I was sweating bullets. <laughs> they were gonna hit. They were going to hit that field goal. I believe that's the last time UCO's blocked a field goal. I know they forced some misses last year, but uh, with Zane Adams, again, I'm very, I'm very glad James, James, Zane is having a very good season because, again, he's just – the injury last year, I felt like people that were new probably didn't understand why I was so high on the man. So I'm, I'm glad that he's returning well. He blocked the field goal, still keeping it a ten, uh, making it yeah, keeping it a ten point game at the fifteen fifty four mark. Yeah, uh, so then that would be the drive where Steph got hurt on the sack. Stadium went pretty quiet. Not not gonna lie to you, I, I was holding my breath because you know we know that this is it for the man. Uh, and Steph, he's a very tough man. So when I saw him not getting up, I knew that was not good. Now, fortunately, he was able to walk off under his uh, own power. 
But again, Dawson would come in there, make two really good, really good throws uh, on second and third down. Maybe they had a fourth and one when they put Steph back in the game to run the quarterback sneak. Yushel would, would, would finish the, the drive off with the Andrew Coyne touchdown. He had a very good run to set up his own touchdown. In the 27 to 24 at the 10 27 mark, Yushel defense again, buoyed by that offensive touchdown, would get a stop after a Missouri Western big time first down run. Where Missouri Western would pin UCO at their own nine. Despite that, again, for the third straight game, UCO would have a nice, long, sustained drive. They had a big Oscar Hammond catch with a horse collar on top of it. Uh, Steph had another fourth down run and then a face mask on said, on said, on said uh, run by Steph led to a Trayvon Wolf for a touchdown. Giving you sure the first lead of the ball game, 31-27 at the 439 mark. So at this point, you were feeling it, it, you and a, and a, and you in the in the press box, right? We were like, it'd be nice if we could if I think they got the ball with with what with with, with about I feel like it's about like seven minutes to go in the game. You, you were hoping. They could drive down there, we must run the clock down. But I, I said we just gotta get a score. Like, yeah, we would we would like them to have a long sustained drive. At the end of the day, you just gotta get get a get a score. So now you needed a touchdown if you were Missouri Western, you had 439. Missouri Western would move the ball down the down the field. Like I said, at then at the 139 mark, you had the roughing call. On Noah, after they got the fourth and ten conversion, basically moved the ball all the way down to the UCO ten. Missouri Western would then score. I felt like on the next play, then at thirty-four to thirty-one with one twenty-five left left in the, in the football game. So again, UCO still had plenty of time. You only needed a field goal to send the game in the overtime. Again, the drive was looking very promising. And like I said before, Steph unfortunately threw the interception with 39 seconds left. Like I said, I saw I saw Romero. He did have a step. It just was going to have to be a perfect pass. The pass was not perfect. And then Missouri Western was able to take the knee and escape with a 34-31 win. Looking at the at the numbers here offensively for UCO, 21 first downs against 17 of them coming in the second half. 168 yards rushing, 5.4 yards a carry, 240 yards passing, but also two interceptions. 408 yards on 56 plays. Um Wait here. They were three of ten on third. See, we gotta get better at that though. Again, that's a problem. Uh two of two on fourth, four of four in the red zone. Sacked three times. Gotta gotta get get that fixed. Uh one on one on field goals. Then defensively allowing 21 first downs, 182 yards rushing, 5.4 yards of carry, 270 yards passing. 452 yards on 65 plays. Uh, 
Five or twelve on third, which is less than fifty percent. You can you can you can you can live with that. A one one on fourth got one sack, and then held in the two or three on field goals. I I will say it it another step forward was showing the offense was actually able to take advantage of the defense stops. We did not see that in the second half against either Kearney or Central Missouri. So that's another building block there. Uh, then looking at the individual numbers here for UCO staff, 15 of 23, 223, two picks, long of 42, sacked three times. Dawson hurled two for 217 yards, long of nine. Running the ball, Trayvon Wolfworth, 14 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns, long of 38.9 yards a carry. What must be noted here, though, on 14 carries, only lost one yard. Uh, they did Trayvon Wolfwick, a different cat. Yeah, he's a. I, I say that and it's funny because uh, Michael Slater and Rob were there. I got to talk to Mike post game. Glad to see the man doing well. Look, look like he's kind of slim, slim down some. Uh, and what I, I find that funny that uh, Rob, Rob was there and Rob wore zero, just like Trayvon is now wearing zero. And I kept calling him Ryan Fuentes, a different, a different, different cat. Trayvon Wolfork, a different cat. Uh, Steph, 14 carries, 21 yards, where they had 48, but minus sack yards. One touchdown, long of 15, one and a half yards of carry. Andrew Carney, two for 20, one touchdown, long of 19, 10 yards of carry. Peyton Scott, one for three. Then receiving Jacob Delso again, first 100-yard day of the season. Five catches, a buck 03, along a 35. Oscar Hammond, one for 42 again. You can double-team him all you want. I feel like, I know Coach Doro felt like they were holding him a lot on the line of scrimmage. You, you can only keep Oscar Hammond down for so long. Tariq Logan, one for 32. Terrell Davis, five for 22. Only only 22 yards. Okay, interesting. Uh, Chris Romero, 2 for 19. Peyton Scott, 2 for 14. Trayvon, 1 for 8. And then both Darius and uh, Madison had targets but no catches. Then defensively leading the way, Raekwon Wick, 7 tackles. Connor Johnson, 6 tackles, a half TFL, 1 hurry. Grant Lohr, 5 tackles, 1 TFL. Very good two-game stretch there for Grant Lohr. I mean, he led the team with 10 tackles last week, so shout out there to Grant Lohr. Uh, J.K. Moore, four tackles. I noticed he was sporting a cast on his thumb. So uh, I hope that didn't too, too, too bad there. Uh, Grant Hudson, four tackles, a half TFL. Noah West, four tackles, one and a half TFLs, one sack. We just get him going. Would be lovely. Uh, Jonathan Mosley, three tackles. Kobe Stevens, three tackles. Wouldn't break up again. It's just... But it feels like it's been a rough stretch. At this point, I would not be opposed if we moved him back to corner. Like I, I, just, I feel like we just got to consider all, all options there again in the secondary. Uh, Marlo Hughes, three tackles, a half TFL, one breakup. I was very pleased with, with Marlo out there again flying around. Feel like he's had a solid two-game stretch. I was so glad. Uh, Jack Puckett, three tackles. Again, he's looking really, really good. Zion Bell, three tackles. 
Dana Adams, three tackles, one block kick. Lemuel Gordon, three tackles. But and you gotta get I gotta give this man credit too. There was one of the media timeouts. They was playing Rick and Morty by my soldier boy. Hey, the man was killing it with the with the with the dance moves. I right, Caleb Blast, shout out to the man Caleb Blast, pointed that out. Man was getting down the sideline. I just, I have to give him credit on that. I don't know if he's listening, but uh, yeah, the man, the man, the man was killing it there. Uh, Johnny Wilson, two tackles. Kaishawn Murray, two tackles. Amante Davis, two tackles, one TFO. I felt like it was a better game. Uh, Cam Manahan, two tackles. He did have a really good tackle on special teams as well. Again, I felt like. Needs to get more snaps. Uh, Reese Roller, the true freshman linebacker out of Verdigris, two tackles on special teams. Uh, reminded me a lot of Trayvon Craig in that regard. Go back to 2019. That's my right. Yeah, 2019. That's when Trayvon first popped up on my radar, making great special teams tackles. And then, you know, he ended his career as a starter. And he, he played his first game over in Japan. I think they got the wins to shout out there to Trayvon Craig. I know he had a, at least a pass breakup, two tackles in there. So, very, very good. Uh, Reed Lindsay, one tackle, a half TFL. Mason, uh, Will Mason, one tackle on special teams. I will say I noticed there was... There are some true freshmen out on special teams. Uh, Cam Manahead, Reese Roller, Will Mason, Randy Nix Jr., the uh, the tight end out of Newcastle. By the way, Little Axe, I, I, was, I was very high on. Uh, Kazen Bird, the linebacker from McGinnis by way of is it Westmore, I think it was prior to that. Uh, and I know this is the three-game limit here if we want to preserve red shirts. So it should be interesting to see here who plays next week uh, in terms of the true freshmen. I imagine Cam Cam Manahan will, and at this point, Reese probably, probably will. I'm just curious to see, right, like guys like Randy Nix who've hit that, that three game, if they're going to play. I know Will, uh, Mason Willingham, I think he's probably done. At least until they play either Lincoln or Northeastern State, the C has one game left. Just keep an eye on that because I'm I'm very curious to see how they how uh how they handle that. Uh, Makai Bell one tackle special teams. Calvin Hutchings one tackle. Nikki Covado one tackle. Again, yeah. yes, Nikki Covado. I just oh, I, I gotta give the man credit too. Most kickers aren't willing to to make make tackles, but. Nick Covero, different, different catch. And then Hunter Largent, one tackle, a half TFL. Looking on special teams, David Vargas, four punts, long of 58, 44 and a half yard of punts. Two down inside, did 21 touchback, one of 50 or more yards. Then looking at the returns on punt, uh, Tariq Logan, two, uh, two for two. And then Terrell Davis on kickoffs, 459, long of 23. And then Covito field goal was from 34 yards. Uh, so now we turn our attention to the undefeated 3-0. I think they're top 10 ranked 
Emporious State, uh, what what is it? Uh, Hornets. Again, we know last year Ed, that was the home opening win for the UCL Broncos. The Steph, the the, the uh, Steph Brown game. I demand just carried the team on his back that game. They are coming off a thirty-eight nothing road win over Northeastern State. They was able to jump out to a twenty-four nothing lead in the first quarter, and then after that. Pretty much coast their way through it. If we're looking at the numbers from that game, offensively, Emporia, 25 first downs, 202 yards rushing at 4.6 yards of carry, 282 yards passing with four touchdowns, 484 yards on 86 plays, punted the ball all of four times, which for two of them were inside the 20. Uh, then they were 10 and 19 on third, two or three on four, five or five in the red zone, one or one on field goals. Then defensively holding Northeastern State to eight first downs, 56 yards rushing, two and a half yards of carry, 110 yards passing with one interception, 166 yards of offense on 52 plays, forced 11 punts. Held them to 2 of 14 on third down. Now, if we're looking at the season numbers for Emporia, yeah, this is this now you gotta also consider too, they also played Lincoln. So the so the the the, the numbers are gonna be inflated. So I just fair warning is gonna be like, oh wow, these guys are just running for people. I they did have a win against Northwest by by 20. That's the game I would look into the absolute most. Disregard Lincoln, disregard NSU. We know what those programs are, okay? Like, no disrespect to them, but we know who those programs are. Like, it's just, if you're trying to read numbers into that, you'd be doing yourself a disservice. Looking at their overall season statistics, however, they're outscoring foes 42.3 points a game to 7.6 points a game. Uh, they are averaging 405 yards a game, 135 yards a game rushing and 4.1 yards a carry, 260 yards a game passing. Good grief, man. 14 touchdowns to zero interceptions, 495 yards a game. Uh, let's see, on third down, they're converting 51.1%, 57.1% on four. They've only been set one time, and uh, they've been 11-11 in the red zone with only one of them not being a touchdown, and they have 14 or 15 on PATs. Then defensively, allow, um, I said allowing seven... points a game. Uh, Only, uh, well, they are allowing 161.7 yards a game rushing, five five and a half yards a carry for touchdowns. Again, though, it's tough because you played Northeastern State and Lincoln. Two games you had an early lead and you probably put in the backups and also did conservative play calling. So, again, it's kind of hard to read into the numbers here. Um. 
You see, passing there, allowing 158.3 yards a game, not allowed a single passing touchdown, and forced nine picks. Again, six picks came against Northwest Missouri, so keep that in mind. Uh, allowing only 100 and, uh, 320 yards a game with total offense. Again, how much of that was allowed with the, with the bag-ups? Uh, they're allowing 28.89% on third, 50% on fourth. Have three sacks. Um, have only allowed three touchdowns all season. Have held opponents to three or six in the red zone. They forced two missed field goals. Um, and then you're looking at the individual numbers here. They're led by Muldrow native, like sixth, seventh year senior. This man never graduates. Uh, Braden Gleason, who against uh, Northeastern State with 17 and 19, 206, three touchdowns, long of 79 yards on the season. He is thrown for 905 yards, 11 touchdowns, no picks, 80.9% completion percentage at 301.6 yards a game. Again, Braden Gleason is very good last year. Uh, for whatever reason, unless he's improved, he can't throw a swing pass. Never understood that. I, st I still don't quite understand that. He's still a reasonably really good quarterback. So we're going to need the defensive line to provide pressure. We're going to need more than a sack. We're also going to need, again, the secondary. I felt like the secondary, what, what, what did we allow? We, we, we allowed, yeah. I mean, 223 yards, well, 207 yards passing because the backup threw, threw, threw one on a play-action pass. That was a very great, great play call. Uh, well, the secondary was better, but also Armani Eden was not the, that Simacek guy from Central Missouri. That dude was a beast. Okay, that 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 dude was a beast. When we get into the uh, the scores from around the conference, you're gonna see that this man is is the uh, is the real deal. Uh, then running, running, running the ball. They have Billy Ross Jr., who I think is an Oklahoma native. Yeah, from Heritage Hall. Okay, I thought so. Uh, he's leading the team with uh, 52 carries for 218, two touchdowns. I uh, guess Northeastern State had his at a hundred yard day on 23 carries, 104 yards, only lost three yards, one touchdown, long of 16, four and a half yards a carry. Then the top receiver looks like is Jalen Varner. In terms of catches and yards, he is 6'1", 179. So we kind of match up well there from a, from a height standpoint. Uh, 19 catches, 286 yards, three touchdowns. Had a 79 9-yard touchdown there uh, yesterday. 95.3 yards a game. Then looking at their touchdown leader, that would be... 6'3", senior Tyler Common. Yeah, Common. So, again, not necessarily matching up well, per se, there. Um, at least we're only going to probably about two inches from our tallest corner. 
Uh, he's averaging uh, on the season 17 catches, 178 yards, five touchdowns, along the 36, 59.3 yards a game. Let's see, what did he do last week? He had only one catch for seven yards against Northeastern State. Meanwhile, Jalen Varner had all three of his scores against North, Northeastern State on man four catches, 119 yards, three touchdowns. Well of a game, boy. Well of a game. Then if we're looking defensively for the Hornets, they are led by Linebacker Chance Rodriguez, 6'2", 228, senior, leads the team, 20 tackles, 3 TFLs, 2 interceptions, 1 breakup, 1 hurry. Uh, we're looking at their interceptions. They got 2 guys with 2 picks. Uh, you've got, first you've got Jaron Joseph. A 6'2", 200 junior, a Southern Connecticut State transfer. So we got some size there. He's got, where are we at here? He's got 13 tackles, one and a half TFL, two picks for 76 yards, one breakup. Then you've got Montrell Wilson, who is a registered senior from Millwood. 6'1", 175. Okay, so they have some size back there in the secondary. Keep that in mind. Okay, just keep that in mind. That's why I'm glad we've got some bigger receivers now. We kind of match up better in that in that regard. Um, and also, if you're new, Emporia State does recruit Oklahoma fairly, fairly well. So you will see a good amount of Okies. I know the kicker. Missouri Western was from was from a Yukon, so um, but it was he's got 12 tackles, one and a half TFLs, two picks, two breakups, and a forced fumble. Okay, so Montreal Wilson could be could could be a guy. Then looking at this sack leader, they've got two with one. They've got Caleb Mondi, Mondi. Who is a 6'1, 221 linebacker, registered junior? He's got. And where, where am I at here? Excuse me. We've got. Where is he? 10 tackles, one TFL, one sack. Then you've got Marquay Shaw, who I feel like was there last year. I, I feel like he was. I, 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 could, I could be wrong. Uh, 6'3", 321 out of high school. Okay, so the same high school that produced Zane Adams. Okay. Um, that's a very big boy, though. That that that, that is a very, very big boy. Uh, so we definitely gonna need Lane. We're gonna need uh Cayman, whoever else is in there on the interior offensive line, bring that bring the A game. Because that is a load coming, coming, coming at you. He's got six tackles, one TFL, one sack, one hurry, and one forced fumble. Yeah, we're going to definitely need that. And then they also have a block kick on the season. It would appear from one Tyler Schultz. 
Tyler Schultz is a six foot one ninety redshirt freshman defensive backs. Okay, so keep that in mind. If we kick field goals, they have indeed blocked one. Um, and then looking at their pass breakup leader is Chris Pope. And Chris Pope is a six foot one ninety three Edmund Memorial graduate, okay, and Northern Colorado transfer. So, yeah, there seems to be about a, there seems to be a rangy a rangy ball club. They also have uh, Zach Dortch Jr. from Putnam City, second or third leading leading lead tackler at linebacker. Uh, so there is a fair amount of Okies. As a matter of fact, their backup quarterback. Is from Lincoln Christian this uh in Tulsa. So uh, yeah, they they've they've got some Okies, they've got some size. And they have a man named Denarius Hollywood. That is that's that's a that's a fantastic name. That's probably the best name I've seen since uh well I know there's Curtis Appleton the second, another great name, and I feel like what the was a there was a there was another name last year that I just said, boy, that was a great name. Uh, so again, employ a very good football team. Uh, they seem to have a lot of playmakers. Again, it's tough because they played Northeastern State and Lincoln, so it's kind of hard to really get a read. Other than the fact that they went up there, there the Marysville dominated uh, Northwest Missouri. Again, Northwest Missouri, they don't impress you, but still to go up there in Marysville and do what they did uh, is very telling about the football team. So, so again, the best case scenario for UCO, come out there, play the way we know they can play for four quarters, offensive line, we, gotta, we can't allow three sacks there. But like we got to probably kind of got to come out, establish the pass game, Open up running lanes for Trayvon. Uh, and then defensively, again, uh, we gotta contain the edge running. We have and we have to either fix the zone or change up coverages because we can't keep allowing the 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 big pass plays that we have. I'm uh, wrapping up here looking at the scores from the past week. Again, Missouri Southern went on the road and beat Kearney. 18 to 13, I believe they led for the majority of that football game. They they did. They were up nine nothing uh, at the end of the first quarter. It was a nine seven game at the half. They then scored a touchdown. No two. Yes, yeah, yeah. They scored a touchdown in the third. They had a 15 to seven lead. Then they would hold on there after Kearney got a touchdown. With 116 left, Kearney was not able to get their uh, onside kick there. Uh, and they was able to win the game. I'm not going to lie to you, Kearney right now is not looking good. We, I'm just, just going to call it what it is. They, they, they only won my 17 against Northeastern State at home. It just does not look good. Okay, so I just keep an eye on that. Um, that Missouri Western who comes to town for homecoming, there's going to be a very tough out, a, a very tough out. Then you have Pitt State surviving a scare up there in Warrensburg. 
against Central Missouri. They won 38-17. Central Missouri, they got the touchdown with 25 seconds left. They went for two. I, I hated the play call. They did. I hate when you run on a two-point conversion. Like, I hate when you hand it off. They they tried. They handed it off, and the man had to try to bounce to the outside and just couldn't get there. I always believe in giving the QB a run pass option. I feel like you're kind of limiting yourself when you are running. But UCM had a 17-13 lead in the half pitch. They came out scored 14 in the in the third, and then UCM outscored them 20 to 14 in the fourth. But UCM. We still put out 27 first downs against them, uh, 442 yards of offense. I mean, they yeah, they were still seven to thirteen on, on third downs. They scored six to six in 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 the, in the red zone, and then uh, and I that Zebra Zebrakowski guy, three touchdowns, one interception. So, uh, so so and he also had 117 yards rushing. Yeah, that. That guy is the truth, okay? Michael Fitzgerald, seven catches, 136, one touchdown. That's the 6'6 dude that usually did a, a good job controlling. But then for Pitt State, Colby Katz, just, I feel like he's from Lincoln Christian, too, had 201, uh, 200 yards, one touchdown on nine catches. So, yeah, that's the Missouri game. Okay, I, I know it got bad, but that was to be a really good, a really good, good ball club. Uh, then we know what happened in Edmond. We know what happened in Tahlequah. Now, Washburn only beat Lincoln 24 to 10. And I don't know why Washburn is down. This was their first win of the season. Granted, they were up 17 nothing in the first quarter, but like, I, that's. I mean, good for Lincoln here, but like, yeah, I mean, still had a 515 yards of offense, two yards side, 300 yards rushing. I mean, it is Lincoln, but like, that's not an impressive win, though. Like, that, that's, that, and like, it, like, you could say I was not impressed when UCO won last year at Lincoln by 42. I, the fact that they only won that game. By fourteen, I mean that's that's not that's not really scaring me here. Like I I I I think Wasburn's a very winnable game. I, I think that I think that's a very a very winnable uh, game. And then the final game, Fort Hayes. I said last week they had a chance against Northwest Missouri. I just didn't know if offensively they had enough firepower. They did indeed as they handed Northwest Missouri their second straight loss, 17-6 to up there at Hayes, Kansas. I don't know the last time Northwest has lost back-to-back games. Uh, it, yeah, and yeah, it would appear Fort Hayes led the whole way. Um, I, they helped, And Fort Hayes only had seven yards rushing. But through for 346, outgained Northwest 353 to 291. 
held Northwest to two of 15 on third. Had four sacks under two of four on fourth. God, that offense is bad for Northwest. Now, they didn't throw an interception, which is kind of surprising, but like, that's bad. Northwest offense is bad, man. That's, that's bad. Oh boy, I, that that wow! If you would have told me Northwest would be one and two right now, uh, I would call you a liar. But see, like that's the thing. That's why. That's why I say there's still plenty of football to be played because you're seeing here Northwest is one and two, Kearney's one and two. Like at this point, looking at the standings right, 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 right now, you've got. Pitt State undefeated 3-0, Emporia undefeated 3-3-0. But then you've got Central Missouri, Fort Hayes, Missouri Southern, Missouri Western, all at 2-1. UCO, Kearney, Northwest, Wasburg, all at 1-2. And then Northeastern State at uh, 0-3. Like, there's still, like, there's still a lot to play for here. Like, UCO could still, if they turn it around, you could still move up to third in the conference. Like, this, like that's why I don't want the guys to fall on the season because there's still a lot to play for, even though we've had a rough start. Uh, I'm looking at the games upcoming this weekend. We've got Central Missouri at Wasper, 1 p.m. kickoff in Topeka, Kansas. Could be bad, just fair warning. It, it could be bad. Uh, UCO versus Emporia, 1 p.m. kickoff up there in Emporia, Kansas. Okay, need to make note, make note of that. Lincoln at Northwest, 1.30 p.m. Marysville. That's going to be bad. I got a feeling Northwest can just go out there and dominate Lincoln. I, I truly, I'll, I'll tell you this. If Northwest does not win that game by minimum, 28, 30 points, Okay, that's going to say a lot in a very bad way. In a very bad way. Uh, Northeastern State at Missouri Southern, 2 p.m. kickoff in Joplin. Kearney at Pitt State, 2 p.m. kickoff in Pittsburgh, Kansas. Could be bad. And then Fort Hayes at Missouri Western. Oh, boy. 6 p.m. kickoff in St. Joe's. Could be a very good ball game there. So, uh... Not as good of matchups as it was this past week, but but still, still solid. Before we get out of here, I want to give a shout out to the soccer team. They won. Was it Wednesday, Thursday? They beat uh, who did they beat? They beat Newman five nothing. Shout out there to Echo Mike Cook. They matched their first win of the season, and then volleyball won last night. Got the clean sweep over Pitt State, the 25th ranked volleyball team. The shout out there to head coach Edgar Miracu and company. So I hope to be back on here next week, this time actually breaking down a win. I, I hope to have the highlight video up Monday. I just, in full transparency here, having trouble getting the fourth quarter to, um, uh, to a, a buffer, like, like 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 right now, it keeps it keeps buffering when I'm trying to capture it. So if that, I don't know if that's like an internet thing on my end or if it's just how the broadcast is. 
So I'm trying to figure that out. Um, if I can get that done and upload it for Monday, I will. If not, probably push it to probably Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Because my Steelers play Monday Night Football. I feel I'll get it to watch that. So, uh, yeah, I'll probably get that. If, if it's not if it's not up, I'll put out a tweet. If it's not up uh, Monday, then it will be up on Wednesday. Also, we have the Player of the Week poll is up now on Twitter slash X. Uh, it is between Jacob Delso and Trayvon Wolford. That poll is up from now until sometime Monday. So uh, it, you can cast your vote there um, as, as well. So I, I hope to come back on here next next week with a better, a better outcome. Uh, it's a, definitely a tough task. But I feel like this is a tough ball club, and if they can play the way we know that they can play, they could come out of Emporia with a season-defining win. So until that time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.